my daughter says, I ruined her life. Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. This is the show where we remind dads of what's most important. I'm your host, Scott Moore. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Scott, it looks like another beautiful day here in northern Indiana. But uh, we had a special treat this past week because you and I got together at Chick-fil-A, which is always a good spot down in Cincinnati. And it was fun uh, seeing each other in person because people ask me all the time, so are you and Scott in the same room? And I'm like, nope, no, we've only met like five times in person. Yep. Uh, he, even my mom's like, I really want him to take a picture of himself so we can see what he looks like. I said, mom, it's not pleasant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You are. <laughs> this is a stuff nightmares are made of. <laughs> and a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what they, That's what they all say. Yes. Uh, no, but that was fun. Um, yes. You know, just kind of, I, I won't say catching up because we catch up every week. So, but it was fun just kind of hanging out. It was a little different. It's not the same when you have a microphone in front of your face. So it was cool to just, just connect, right. you know? Yeah, nice. I agree. I agree. Well, I don't know if I said this. Have I said this already, Scott? Because I kind of get lose track. We have already decorated for Christmas. Have I already said that? I think you did. Well, we've already yeah, de- for, started, decorated yeah. for Christmas. We started super early and we've decided we're not going to do that again. Uh, it was not a good idea. It's kind of like hitting full stride before you get to the board, you know, and long jumping. You kind of want to hit it at the right time or just a little early. But um, plus the weather's been so nice. I mean, it's like our yeah. house is decked. We don't have a Christmas tree up yet. That won't come until uh, next week after Thanksgiving. But That's, somebody mentioned to me that Thanksgiving is next week. I was like, um, my head almost exploded. I'm like, next week? Are you crazy? That's I thought the exact, how does it get here so fast? I don't know. I mean, it feels like we were in October and then all of a sudden now we're talking about Thanksgiving plans. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Christmas is coming. I can tell because my wife's stress, stress level is starting to rise. She's like, I don't even know what we're going to get this kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, how about this? And she goes, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, this is just how I am. It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I go. I'm almost like catatonic of the idea of Christmas already being here. So I know it. I know it. But it is a good reminder that dads start thinking about what maybe you can get your wife, and don't say you don't get each other anything. I mean, my wife even kind of did that thing where she goes, "I don't need anything, Todd. How about we just don't get each other anything this year? We can do the kids." And she goes, I, I know you'll say, okay, and then you'll get me something. And so then I feel like I have to get you something. And I'm like, honey, I don't care if you get me anything, but I just like to, you know. And my father-in-law, uh, before he died, not like the minute before he died, but several times before he died, said that one of his greatest mistakes in his life was that he and his brother-in-law, they both decided because their wives said the same thing. Don't get us anything said. We both decided 
as as couples that we would not get each other anything. He goes, and I didn't. Oops. <laughs> and he said that was a big mistake. So he doesn't do that. And I've learned. I learned from him. But hey, uh, I thought this. We're gonna just kind of jump into the conversation, even though I had something else if, to talk about. Hold on, though. If no, you're if you're still freaked out about Christmas coming, and you use Facebook at all, go find the group Friends of the Gavel Goat, and you'll see that they're preparing to to put it up. They've got like the security fence up already. So really, that'll that'll soothe your stress a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Okay. The gavel goes uh, awesome. Okay. I will check that out. Uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, then you haven't listened very long because every year we talk about the the Yuletide celebration in Gable. Gable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Sweden, uh, where they put up this giant straw goat. And not recently, but in the past, it has been burnt to the ground by arsonists. And I'm half suspecting Scott has been involved in some of those, also in the December 6th riots. But uh, <laughs> they probably are the same group of people. My kids and I are planning one of these years we're going to be over there going for it. Well, we'll we might get arrested. We'll see. <laughs> Usually they're highly inebriated, I think, and involve some American tourists uh, who, uh, who are just having a good time. I think that guy with the buffalo hat uh, in the December 6th oh. rides was part of that. That was January, uh, not December. Oh, January. January. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> December 6th was the day that lives in infamy, I think. Um, December 7th, so. 1941. Okay. I So I'm not a date guy. Homeschooling <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, would, it wouldn't have mattered. I still couldn't be a date guy. It's just really amazing to me that some people I heard, uh, I was sitting in the waiting room at, at the tire place waiting for my tire. And they had some lady who was an actress, uh, an older actress. And she apparently, I don't know what her skill set was, but part of it was that she could remember dates and what day of the week it was. So they, they quizzed her and they said, okay, January 6th, 1997 and she goes that was a tuesday and they're like you're right and then they would they did a whole bunch and you know and she got them every single one right hmm. which is amazing to me there's some guy at the homeschool convention who did that but oh really he, he was like when's your birthday when, when were you born and i told him and he's like oh that was a tuesday and i'm like okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> how do you confirm like, that <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should start doing that <laughs> yeah, that was a Thursday. Tell anyone, yes. Yeah, and like who goes back and looks, right. so even though you could. Well, hey, uh, let's move on to the topic at hand. And the topic at hand is, uh, and we haven't had any like really topics, but this is one of those. So, Scott, put on your little fathering thinking cap. Got it. What to do when your kids blame you? When your kids blame you, because I've had a couple run-ins with you talking about uh, like dads, adult kids who are blaming. Yeah, them. yeah, okay. yeah, oh, yeah. If they're little kids, we don't care. <laughs> you ruined my life. <laughs> we go tough. Um, but when your adult kids kind of blame you, and now I had some conversations just recently, uh, one with a dad who really was devastated by some of the things his daughter said. And just, it's really hard for him to get past that. And even my son was saying that sometimes he's noticed kids his age and he's 30 
will slam their parents for kind of ruining their lives or or maybe not even ruining them, blaming them for some of the things, you know, that they might struggle with now or, you know, they couldn't remember dates and they're blaming their parents for that. <laughs> and it makes him super mad. In fact, he was in a group and, and he stopped them and said, you guys are amazing people. How could you be blaming your parents for that? It's not like you were all be and some parents are to blame for beating their kids or whatever, or doing something that are, but these are parents who love their kids and maybe didn't do it perfect. Cause I, you know, the truth is got, I know this comes as a shock to you, but I don't do everything perfect. Um, <laughs> and, and I know, uh, maybe just maybe you don't do everything perfect, especially that, as a dad. That comes as uh, a shock to no one, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, everybody <laughs> believes that you you yeah. say it doesn't come as a shock, but it, people do think, oh, Scott's so easygoing. I mean, I mean, he's so fun. I bet you they're just having fun all the time, you know, and but it's just not true. You know, we all we all fail miserably as parents. I was even talking to my daughter and she was talking about, you know, the, the issue of spanking and they've got, you know, two children and they're just they said something about like, well, you know, you might have spanked too much or or maybe you weren't always under control. I'm like, you know, I, I'm not always under control. And there are other things, other things as well. Uh, actually, I was just looking on the on and it was funny that this all came up at the same time. But I was just looking at the news, dad news, and uh, apparently uh, one of the Duggar girls, Jill, you know, she talks about not necessarily her upbringing. And this is. But and we'll get to another thing. But as I was kind of looking at this, uh, her little article, I saw just below it, this title of the article is millennials are sharing the things their parents ingrained in their them that they now realize are ridiculous. You know, and, and so I, I, I thought, oh, what are they going to say yeah. again that, you know, we told them they should obey laws, <laughs> but it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Some of the things they said was that it was illegal to turn the interior lights on the car while driving. You know, that perfection is the standard. Things aren't aren't worth doing unless you do them so thoroughly and perfectly that you basically are never done editing. A 10 hour car ride with only one bathroom break is normal. Uh, Being a member of the clean clean plate club is not the badge of honor. I was told it was you must have a valid reason for everything you do because I want to because it makes me happy are not valid reasons. Make sure you tell your boss that you want to work all the weekends, evenings, and holidays so they know you really care about your job. And, you know, I just thought we have said dumb things. We do dumb things. But what I was thinking about is how do dads deal with that feeling that maybe your kids might say someday, well, I could have been this or I would be better if you hadn't done this. Um, and I don't know if you've ever felt that. Have you ever felt that, Scott? Have you felt like your kids have insinuated that maybe you did a less than stellar job? I do have at least one child who let me know repeatedly that I was doing a bad job <laughs> on, uh, as he was growing up. Uh, now, but. how did that? How does that make you feel? Because you know uh, we're probably not exactly the same kind of personalities. And I know when my wife hears some of those things, and even my son Ben said. If my kids would tell me one of those things, it would devastate me. Oh, well, 
the things i mean i'm somewhat joking with that but i mean like my son luke and i definitely butted heads quite a few times but he's what many christian parents would call a strong-willed child um, <laughs> and it took a lot of grace and a lot of patience and we both learned a lot i don't think he'd say i ruined his life at this point there's different levels of this you know like right. and I made it very clear to my kids early on, look, you're probably going to need therapy at some point. <laughs> and I say that I say that jokingly to them, but the sentiment behind it is somewhat real in that the idea is, look, none of us are perfect. We're learning as we go to it. It's a crazy point in life when you realize that your parents aren't perfect mm-hmm. and that they're just grown up kids who are trying to figure right. this out too. <laughs> So, you know, right. and then like when they're able to handle that information, I let them know that, <laughs> look, I'm trying to figure right. this out too. And I'm relying on God to guide us. So, um, yeah, if it was something really, you know, dark and devastating that my kids came to me with and said, you ruined my life or whatever, I, I'm not sure how I would handle that. Mm. Especially when you feel like maybe you didn't do it. Yeah. You know, I, I remember. I don't think I've ever shared the story, but it was a, it was a homeschool story. Um, I was at a camp. Maybe I have shared it. You can stop me if I have, I'll share it anyway, even if I have. So it doesn't really matter. Go for <laughs> I'm it. a dad. You're, you're supposed to repeat your stories over and over again, but I was at a family camp and I know as I stumble over this, this sounds pretty sketchy. <laughs> He's making this up, isn't he? Um, I was at a family camp and there was his mom and a dad and his mom, I remember because she had this really, unique voice and she was uh, I had talked to her several times but it was after one of the talks that I was just talking to the mom and she she was crying but she was smiling at the same time like she didn't want anybody to know she was crying and but she was she was getting choked up and she said my my daughter says I ruined her life and I said really your daughter said you ruined her life and I said tell me about your daughter and she goes well that's her right there and she pointed at her and uh earlier in the evening, this daughter had gotten up and w- she'd worked for the camp and she was talking about the camp and saying all these things, you know, and, uh, you know, just sharing information, super articulate. And I mean, just looked like, you know, she was running the place. And she said, she told me that, you know, I didn't prepare her for college. And I said, oh, she went to college. She goes, yeah. I said, how'd she do? She said she was a valedictorian of her class. And I said, so your daughter, who's right up there. She thinks she ruined her life because she didn't prepare for college and she became the valedictorian of her college. And she goes, yeah, he said, your daughter's an idiot. <laughs> I said, she needs to come over here and fall on her feet. And then the daughter came down and I said the same thing. I said, you need to bow down and thank your parents for doing an amazing job on you. Because what I took away from that is that sometimes our kids, they do not have a right perspective yeah. of stuff. You know, they think, oh, if we had done this, they'd have a higher paying job. Or if we had done this, maybe they wouldn't be afraid of the dark. And maybe that is true, you know, but and maybe it's more so now that people are just taking on that victim mentality. But for whatever the reason, I think sometimes our kids just don't have a realistic picture. I think they'll get it. And even my wife says that there were times where she kind of blamed her parents for letting her get away with stuff, you know, and said, if they told me, you know, that I couldn't act out this way, maybe I'd have more self-control now. But then she said, you know, as I got older, I realized he just loved me so much and they were doing the best they could. 
and it's not their fault, you know, but she has a different perspective than she once did. And I think our kids, it's just easy when you're young to blame your parents for everything. Mm -hmm. And I think as they get older, they realize, you know, because I mean, you've had kids who said, when I have kids, I'm never going to do this. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, when you're exhausted and you're surrounded by little kids and you do a lot of stupid things that you wouldn't do if you were a thinking person. But that's what parenting does to you. And one day you will do those things. And I hope you, you know, realize on what you're saying right now. But I'm not even so concerned about that. What I am concerned about is that we as dads don't give up on our kids. Because I know sometimes it's easy to be hurt. It's easy to be defensive and say, you know, well, that's not true. And I'm not going to accept that. And the dad I was talking to, he said, you know, he said, I don't, I don't know if I can get past those words. He goes, you know, when she calls now, I don't really want to talk because it feels like it's going to just come up again. And, you know, it's just hard to hear that. And I could tell as he talked with me that it was devastating to him. And again, he didn't think he was perfect. But it just wasn't fun to hear that the person you love more than anything is kind of blaming you for something you believe you didn't really do. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking. What do we do when we get to that spot? Or maybe you even begin to blame yourself. Maybe you have a child who's walked away from God and you think it was all my fault. You know, I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that. And that's a heavy to carry and so that's what i'm thinking that we ought to talk about what do we do when we find ourselves in that situation yeah i think there's like i said there's like different levels of this i think some of it you know is stuff where you can just say you could go with the sort of joking response but you got to be careful what your kid is actually saying Mm -hmm. if they're serious about it that's probably not the best idea And you can try and say, look, I did the best I could. Everybody's got issues. And it's not like you came with a manual or whatever. You can get defensive about it. My guess is that's probably not going to go real well. I think the best thing is just to listen and be willing to talk with them. As you probably had to do many times, you know, in other relationships where it's Uh like if if you're the kind of person who gets defensive automatically – you might want to check that one before you get into the conversation, you know, right, if you right. can. But um, we're watching some friends, not watching, but, you know, we have some friends who are going through this in about the worst way I can imagine um, with a child who has grown up now and mm-hmm. has walked away from pretty much everything the parents taught them. And this person is, uh, he won't get past it and demands that they basically renounce everything that they taught him and they're still trying to reach out um, and continue praying, but it's, I mean, there's, it's huge and really hard and it's hard just to watch, especially Mm because it's been going on for a a few years now. Well, I think you just answered all the questions with the right answer. You know, I think the temptation is to shut down 
you know, the temptation is to say, well, if that's why you feel tough, you know, I'm not changing, you know, I didn't really do what you said or accusing me of, but I think your answer was right, Scott, that we dads, no matter what, we'd have to be the pursuers, you know, that we cannot let those hurts ruin our relationship. You don't necessarily have to renounce the things that you believe to appease your child, but you have to keep pursuing, you know, and I know there are some parents who, you know, maybe got swept up in movement, especially, you know, parents who are serious about parenting, because I was talking to, I don't know, I was talking to my daughter. I don't think I was talking to you about this guy, but, you know, we want so badly to do it right. And the Bible doesn't say anything about what to do when your kid is whining, you know, or what you're, you know, when they want to borrow the car and uh, you're not really sure about it. It doesn't say anything about it like that. And so someone comes along and tells you exactly what you should do. And we're like, yeah, that makes sense. And so we kind of jump on these methods and to the detriment sometimes of our kids, you know, and again, it's done out of motives that want to please God and love our children, but sometimes it hurts feelings. And I just know parents again, who they say, well, that's the way it is. You know, that's what I'm going to do and tough. And their kids continue to put up walls between them. Uh, I started not to started the conversation, but I was talking about Jill Duggar who, you know, her dad was Jim Bob Duggar who has this, you know, they had that show, whatever it was called, 19 and counting or yes, 18 and counting or 150 and counting or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm only repeating this because it's not, I mean, it was on in the news. Uh, and it says that uh, his daughter, who's 32 now and has a couple of kids, is they have kind of have a broken relationship between she and her parents. And the reason behind that is because she said, you know, my dad kind of wants us to live like he wants us to live. He wants me to choose him, the father, Jim Bob, over the husband and kind of, you know, and she goes, we just are not, we just feel like there's a different way we should be doing this. And they put a, a, a wall between them. And I'm like, honestly, I'm blaming Jim Bob, the dad, because the dad should say, you're right. You know, you need to do what you think is right. You know, cause you're, you're the adults now. And we, as dads, we really have to put our own desires and our own whatever's to the side sometimes. And that's really hard because sometimes, and you know, you have a married daughter and you have an adult son who's in college. And there are times you want to kind of take up the reins and say, no, you really need to do it my way, or you're doing it differently. So I need to fix, or I need to input. I need to tell you why I think you're doing it the wrong way. And how does that play out? You know, mm-hmm. for a child, an adult child, it feels like, you know, the hackles go up and I hear and I've heard, you know, you think I'm dumb. You think we're not capable. You know, you think we're wrong. And as dads, somehow we have to set aside our dadness sometimes or maybe put on the, a different role of dadness as a pursuer and as a lover no matter what, um, which is really, really hard again. I think that's the key that what you just said there, the, I forget exactly how you phrased it, but basically in a nutshell, it's a relationship. It's not a math problem when Mm. you're raising kids. There's not a formula for how to do it. Mm. 
And mm. when you think you found the formula, be careful because you're going to have a kid that doesn't fit that formula. And then you're going to have to decide, what do I do? Mm. You're just going to, uh, there's going to be somebody who doesn't fit into that. And if you choose the formula over the relationship, it's probably going to go sideways at some point. Really that, that is the right answer. Don't you think Scott, that the relationship trumps everything else? Yeah. I mean, even when your child is in sin, you never give up. That doesn't mean, you know, again, a young child or you have to make some decisions. I know, you know, there are some dads who are facing some really terrible things and they say, you know, I don't want that, that child doing that terrible thing in my house and, and, and affecting on my younger kids. I get that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes even in that, and I don't know what the answer is, you know, love trumps that. Yeah. And sometimes you have to trust God even more, not sometimes, always, you know, and maybe you, you're, I, I know parents who have said, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my little kids around my, my parents or my grandparents or their grandparents because they let them watch this on television and I'm just not going to do that. And, you know, sometimes that comes back to bite you because what happens I've seen is that those little kids grow up and they do the same thing to their parents. You know, well, I'm not going to have my little, cause you let our kids watch veggie tales and we don't like veggie tales. And, and I'm like, well, what's more important? The relationship with their grandparents or veggie tales, you know, or they didn't. And I'm not, I'm not trying to simplify it cause I know it's never simple, but as Scott said, you know, and I even wrote down it's a relationship, not a math problem. Um, it's not, always a simple thing but here's what i want for you dads and for me i want us to be the dads i want us to never stop pursuing when our kids choose things that are not what we think are best we're okay with that you know not okay with the choices or whatever you know but we just keep pursuing our kids we never ever give up and if we get offended we stop you know, we stuff it, we deal with it, we take it to God, and we keep pursuing. And I told my friend, I said, well, you know, you're going to have to make it right with his daughter. And he's like, I know, but I don't know if I can. I said, you can, you can. And really, <laughs> we. and this is a, maybe this is for further contemplation, Scott. Mm. And maybe, Dad, if you're listening, maybe you have some thoughts on it. You know, We've kind of been taught in the last, I don't know, 20 years that we need to put our mask on first before we can help our child in the airplane with the oxygen mask. And I'm not sure that's the right answer. You know, maybe the right answer is because we can't take the, I don't think, I could be wrong, which I have been wrong lots of times. (laughs) You know, we can't always solve our own problems. We can't get right with ourselves before we reach out to our children. Sometimes we have to reach out to our children in the midst of trying to put our own mask on at the same time. Yeah. And as dads, you know, I I had a friend who's like, he had a son who was really in need of a dad. And he goes, I just can't help until I get my life right. I'm like, man, you don't have the luxury, right? You have to reach out to your son at the same time. And I think that's not a bad thing, you know, for a dad to say to a child, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. And, you know, I've got some work to do, but 
I'm going to pursue you at the same time. And I, I just did this because I loved you so much and, or whatever. And even if it's an ongoing sin and you, your son is now a girl, you know, you say, man, I, I think God has something better for you, but I still love you and I'm still pursuing you. And we just don't have the luxury of getting hurt, you know? And if they say, well, you ruined my life. We say, I'm sorry. I loved you. I was doing the best I could and I'm not ever stopping. And maybe we go home and it hurts and it's painful, but do not let it get in the way, dad, of pursuing your children. I know dads who have, and they have nothing and their kids desperately need them. Even though it doesn't come across as desperate, it comes across as anger and the dads are angry and they end up not talking to each other for long periods of time. Yeah. I think when, if your kid says that to you, you ruined my life and they mean it, you know, you pretty much got two choices. You can either just say, well, tough luck. I did the best I could, you know, mm. or not even that. I mean, you can either say you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. I, I did it right. Or you can take them at their word and, and listen and try to find a way forward. Mm. You know, I mean, cause there's no, like if you, if you said that to your parents and meant it, like, how would you feel like you, it would just be worse if you got blown off, you know? Mm. And th I guess uh, I'm stumbling over all this now. No, it's a <laughs> stumbling kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, as older people, we're guilty if we don't remember what it was like to be their age. Right. And they've never been that age before. Right. <laughs> you know, so look, looking at, at where they are as young married couple or whatever, like it's, you need to allow them their space. I remember just mm. letting, as my children grow into teenagerhood and, you know, you're trying to let them become their own people and, grow into what they're going to be as adults. Sometimes you just have to remember that and say, you know what? I don't have to fix everything for them. Like I did when they were two. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, man, it's not, it's a relationship. There is not a formula. That's right, what, that's right. the best I got. <laughs> yeah. And really, I think we can all survive if we, once relationships break, then we're kind of on our own. And then we don't have any input in their lives. Yeah. And, and and again, I think sometimes their perspective is wrong, you know, or skewed. And it just feels sometimes it's just easier to blame somebody else, you know, and you say things, words that come out of your mouth, you know, because if really, if you were to say, so I ruined you, well, you didn't ruin me, but it really made me hard. So because I did this, well, maybe not because of that, you know, it's just a conversation, but even if the words are hard, dad, don't give up. Don't give up. Hey, uh, we are out of time. We just have a couple minutes left. And I just wanted to make sure we pray for a mom and a dad whose daughter tried to take her own life last night. Um, I don't even know what has happened since then. But uh, can we pray for Rich and Katie and uh, pray for their daughter that, again, the parents, because I know afterwards there's a lot of hard words and a, and a lot of hard feelings 
and maybe along the lines of what we've just been talking about. And you feel this judgment from everybody else who's saying, why would your daughter do that? You know, she must be miserable and you made her miserable. So how about we just pray for them right now? I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for Rich and Katie right now. And I ask for their daughter that you would spare her bad decisions and that you would give her opportunity for more life and that the consequences of what she tried to do will not have lasting effects physically. And I pray for the mom and dad, especially the dad, that you would help him to pursue his daughter and never, ever give up on her and apologize if he has to apologize and soften if he needs to soften. And together that they would find healing in you and in the relationship. And I pray for all the dads listening. And I pray for Scott and I pray for myself that sometimes our kids say those things and they will, if they haven't, they will. I pray that we would never give up on them as you have never given up on us. Um, even when those Israelites said, how have you loved us? And you had shown them the entire time they blamed you. I pray that uh, we would love continually and wholeheartedly. And if we need to make amends that we begin to do that today. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, Dad, have a great week. Uh, you got one more weekend until Thanksgiving. If you got some winterizing to do or uh, do it with your family, some walks to go on, leaves to jump in or, uh, you know, Christmas decorations to get out. I think you're safe now. You, It's not quite as early as I did it, um, but you'll be OK. And have a great weekend. Keep pursuing your children no matter what. You're probably going to get an opportunity this weekend and do it because you did that. And that's our show for this week, Dad. Thanks for joining us for the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. If you have a question for the show, email Todd at familyman at familymanweb.com. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at scott at unsocializedmedia.com. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. just hit me while you were praying like don't harden your heart toward your kids mm. like that I mean, and you look through the bible like there's so many examples of people hardening their hearts oh, yeah. whether it's toward god or you know towards others yeah. and you look yeah. at the prodigal son it's like the father in that story could easily have hardened his heart toward his kid and said uh, oh, yeah. you are a slave to me now you know or yeah. you're nothing and if he didn't yeah. and like that's the model man never let yeah. your heart get hard toward your kids yeah, yeah, which is a lot easier to read and say sure. and to do, especially when they say hard things.